What's up, everybody? Welcome to the seventh episode of Masters of Sport. I'm here with my co-host, Earl Kunkel. Hello. And we are now live, officially, on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, on Anchor, on Apple. Apple, that was Apple, called. yeah. <laughs> Man. So, make sure that you... Like, you subscribe, and you ring that notification bell. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you appreciate what we do. All right, oh, Earl. So, so today we're discussing, I see something about technology. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was on the internet, and I was like, oh, let me just look at things. And I came across this headline. Fitter in 1820, today's Americans spend much less time being active. I actually read the article which I don't know how it passed as an article because there was not much content in it. It was probably just more like, here, clickbait, let me yeah, give you some yeah, stuff. Yeah. But the stuff it referred to was like legit. It was like referring to like, I think it was, I want to say like Harvard, like someone studying at Harvard. Anyway, the lead goes, uh, modern Americans get much less physical activity than their forebears did 200 years ago. Have you ever referred to like your ancestors as forebears i may have <laughs> oh my forebears three generations prior i probably did it in like some odd state of mind just to you know make a joke about something and say hey look at me i read this silly word today type of thing um and basically the point is we rely on technology now and like because we have all this technology it's like oh you could do this so you think they figured out, you know, if, if they would look at, all right, even people that lived in the city, they would walk certain places, and then, um, you know, people, I don't know if bikes existed at that point, I'm assuming they did, they, they would still bike, possibly, um, if it existed, I don't know, I don't know the history of bikes, but then also, yeah, like, probably did. if you live in a town, it's like, you likely were farming. There was no golf carts if you were a farmer. Yeah, yeah. There's no quad. You plows your horse. And yeah. Like this thing, you're like so old. you were always walking back and forth. Yeah. Um, but they also worked a lot less at the time. Yeah, at like certain times of year. What did you have to do? Get your crops up. The thing is, though, like I have this problem with this idea of technology. Like we always think technology, and we think this, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's where everyone's yeah. mind goes. Immediately. And it's like... Or there's cameras. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, like, us talking right Your now. Your glasses are technology. Yeah, this is technology. Our, our language is a form of technology. Yeah. You have a pencil and paper, that's yeah, technology. that's technology, like, for sure. that bike that I can exercise on, technology. Uh -huh. Like, those weights down there, technology. Like, right. it's, it's such a loaded word, and I guess it's like... It's defining what that would mean or how you're going to use it first yeah. is the key. And then after that, after you define how you're going to use it, it's like, all right, well, it's, again, it's There's sorta, so much more. Stop yeah. limiting it. Yeah, yeah. Like, think about it in a broader way. And I, that happens with a lot of words, a lot of things. But to this article's other point, it says, like, uh, like resting metabolic rate, like, in this sample has dropped, like, 6% from that time. Which has in somehow led to like, instead of like the 98.6, it's like 97.8 now is sort of like, for some people is like the normal body temperature. I was like, is this real? I was like, how, how would they know that? I, I'm not like this, I don't have access to these labs and these studies like this. The dude who wrote it was Andrew Yegan, Y-E-I-G-A-N, was one of the people three, like- Dude, he has three vowels in a row. Yeah. That's rough. 
<laughs> Who knows? It might have just been some clickbait, and I got fooled. Like, but I thought it was silly and just like not I do silly, like but those, like, I like, like those, jumping off point for yeah, a conversation. I, I like those articles because exactly that. Like, all right, if you if you would calculate, so if we would think about it through this guy's eyes, if you calculated it with. Um, this is how much they're walking. This is a general farm setup. This is a general city setup. Yeah. This is how much uh, they might walk. This is how many calories they were going to probably burn. Um, this is likely where their their caloric consumption was based off of those years. I mean, I think you could really you could figure it out, but you it would be a really rough yeah. estimate. There's no way you could be like, oh, this is... You're this. making a guess there. Yeah, like to me, even in a journal, you should be like, dude, I don't know about that. I'm trying to think, how, how far would I... Like for me, my commute to work's like eight miles. Yeah. So like I drive it, and it, but I could easily like get a bike and ride that. Yeah. My, biggest, my biggest issue, my biggest excuse, I should say, is like I need to take a shower. Like I'm not going through the yeah, day yeah, yeah, without, after showering. Eight mi- without showering with what I end up doing. Right. And like, but... Compare that difference. If I started biking essentially 16 miles a day to a 15-minute car ride, 18-minute car ride it ends up being, how much my health would instantly improve. Yeah. And I would change essentially one thing. Yeah. I wouldn't even have to wake up earlier. I would just have to spend less time getting ready. Yeah, you just have to plan ahead a little more. Not even. I wouldn't have to worry about traffic ever. This is one thing I'll say, though, is that I got this stupid thing, dude. Like, oh, you got your telemetric device to tell you yeah. that you're like the bird flying your migration patterns. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, <laughs> I think, I'll be totally honest with you. You I, love your step count, don't you? Dude, I love it. You gotta, you gotta complete know, the circle. I, and I know, I know like my average count. And so some people be like, wow, it's not accurate because it might, like me doing this, it might register that. It does. Yeah, it just did. <laughs> well, well, so, well, that's telling because oh. I'll do that to show me what time it is. Some so when I when I set it, I can actually like prevent that from happening. But then I'll track on my app like geography based off of maps. Yeah. So it can see if I'm walking, you know, and okay. not swinging my hand. The only thing though too is that it shows you an approximation. So it's like it gives you a baseline to work with. Yeah. And it and it's just a it's an average, right? So if I do this for a month, I'm gonna be able to see. I know that I started this and my my average steps were like nine to ten thousand. Sometimes I go over. That was like the first week. After the first week, dude, I've hit like fifteen thousand steps almost every day. And I I'll say this when I was at the Olympics, I did not have this. And I was walking, I one of the women that was with us was Samoa. She had one. She's like, dude, we're walking like eighteen to twenty thousand steps every day. And I've been like forcing myself to walk like I did when I was in Tokyo. And I swear it's helping me with being more active and it's, it's helping my sleep patterns. Cause now okay. I'm doing, I'm changing things before bed. I'm trying to get away from this. I'm trying to turn the lights off and we're using candles. Um, I'm trying Whoa, to, you're going real Victorian era there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to do things because I know this is tracking me. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're like all in. Technology, tell me what to do next. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So my hope is that in a year I can just back off of this. And like have the sense of it. it. Yeah. Almost like a self-governing yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing. Yeah, and I think Auto that's regulation a, with your walks or something like that. Auto regulation with life. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Guess what? Learn how to be a human. Yeah. Oh man. I refuse to get one. I, I, I think I'm, I think that's fine. Because one, I know me, and I'll become like obsessed with it. And, yes, yeah. and it will become. It will just. It's all a game, dude. Yeah. Well, the only thing I'll say. Though, I get my high score. I like doing. I like doing the time there, so I don't look at my phone. Okay. Because if I check the phone for the time, I know I'm gonna be like, uh, I'll just look. Yeah. What's going on? Anybody text me? Anybody box me? What emails do I have? Thirty minutes later. I have carved out periods yeah. in the day I, I, I do that it. but I, I, I still yeah. I, I'm not the best at it I, need, I have room for improvement maybe an electric shock every time you pick it up <laughs> except during the block yeah <laughs> alright so be careful what technology is because it's pretty much everything you deal with yeah. within your life yeah for sure and go and exercise more I guess is what we're yeah. getting at like hey let's pretend we know how much 18 people did 200 years ago what was that 1820 1820 <laughs> yeah. man what an awful time to be alive <laughs> dude you ever see I, I read a book uh called the alcoholic republic and the the woman who wrote this book okay so this is like a big part of one of my history classes on american history said that Americans drank six gallons of straight grain alcohol a year. Okay, so if you would, if you would like, take the average, you know, and this would include cider, boo, like beer, all these, okay. you know, on average it would be six gallons of straight grain a year. The average American now, it's like 1.6 gallons. So she basically basically was saying, making the argument that even people like John Adams in his in his journal, like five or six days a week, would have three to four liters of of uh, hard cider by noon. So he'd be like shit can by noon. Like five or six days a week. And her whole point was like, one, it was hard to find clean water. And two, you know, so fermenting it, you know, but two. Day drinking was just a part of life. It was literally like, that's how, and that's how they ran everything. Everybody would go to the town hall, you'd have dinner, you'd talk, and you'd discuss, like, what you're going to do, and you'd be drunk. And that's how they would. That's no how they, they all looked like Ben Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and so she, like, the whole, the whole uh, point of the book is essentially, like, it was hard. And that's how you get by in life is you just yeah. drink more and you just deal with it. Your vices need to like cash in, and then you go and say, "Forgive me." For <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that. Exactly. And all is well. Yeah, man. So I wonder, like, when you're drinking and you're doing like a 12 ounce curl, like you don't quite get a full range of motion with that, <laughs> do you? Like, you, you always stay like here. It's almost like you're Homer, right? Like, not many people are like holding it down here at the side. They're like that. Yeah, you're full range of motion. It's like very short and bicep curls. What is that? Shush your mouth. So, all right. <laughs> I'm a kid then, and I'm not, I, I do want big arms, right? You know, yeah, of course I you looked do. at magazines. And you look like, terrible, so of course you do. Whatever. You can say what you want. <laughs> I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> so, I'm a kid, come in. I want big arms, but I play like 
soccer, yeah. American soccer. I'm very much against European football because it centers Europe as football, and it's like, well, what about Africa? What about South America? What yeah. about like Asian countries? And stuff? That, Don't they play that too? Right. You know, Europe's yeah, like I, this itty bitty. It's like, oh man, this is my silly one, real quick. I, I got to get this out. We talk about like French. German, like all these different languages, they're yeah. just tribal languages on this yes, small little thing. That's very accurate. Thing, and we're like, oh, it's so like important. the Basque. Anyway, yeah, it's like the Basque uh, region there uh, in Spain and France. It's like, oh, we'll pretend that that tribe doesn't exist because they don't really follow what we yeah, want yeah. them to. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm playing soccer. Okay. And I'm coming in, and you're like, oh. Taman's down there, and he's like, go squat. And I squat, and he's like, go lower. And you basically get your like ass to grass squat. Yeah. And the kid comes up, racks, and he goes, dude, like, I'm never going to be in that position on the field. Why do you have me doing that? How old is that? he? I don't know. 12-year-old's not saying that to you. 15, let's say. Yeah, like, okay. even 17 maybe. Started late with lifting, like, talented. And he's like, I need something more to be, like, I want to get recruited. I'm I have this kid in my mind right now. All right. Uh, Christian Slode. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. He just played soccer at Penn okay. State, and he would say that to me. Early when he started. Okay, I don't need to do this. Yeah. Why? Well, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't argue. He would just say, "Why? Why?" All right, he'd ask. He wanted yeah. to know. Yeah. Respectfully. Question and type. <laughs> um, I, I think you've got to look at. It's a valid point. First of all, I think you have to acknowledge that if you're looking at uh, solely from the point in a sport like soccer uh, or football, however you want to refer to the thing where you kick the spotted ball. Um, <laughs> you're never really going to be past 90 degrees. Like maybe on a hard cut when you're chasing somebody. Yeah. But you're never really going to be like in that deep position. Uh, but the argument then is that being in a deep position or, or that being in those specific positions should only be trained if you're in that in your sport and that there's zero carryover to other aspects okay. of performance. And you know, a lot of soccer players will have ankle issues. Um, uh, actually, Christian had this hard like uh, ankle pronation like this. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he would squat like that, and so what we would do is put like this bumper in between his his heels and try and. By a cue. bumper, do you mean like a, a basketball or something? No, a bumper. Like... A bumper plate. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, a bumper plate. Uh, to try and push him to the outside of his heel, and then when he was in the hole, trying to sit his hips back a little bit more because he also lacked uh, range of motion and, and, and mobility in his lower back because of partially because of his ankles. So, my argument would be, you know, that's not wrong, but we have to look at the transfer of training and then see like, can you improve uh, trunk control from full range of motion? Okay, you know, can you improve? Um, ankle mobility from full range of motion. And if we're improving ankle mobility, we're going to improve stability in the ankle joint, which is also a key factor with soccer. Um, yeah, you don't want to be getting injured out there making a cut and like your ankle can't bend to yeah. it. So it's like, oh, yeah. take and then, six weeks off. Exactly. And then it's also, you know, can that improve your, does, has, has there been research that shows that full range of motion squats can improve your vertical, uh, bilateral jumping and unilateral, both? Yes, that exists. Okay, so we should do that. Uh, so I think you go down that checklist, and then you sit there, and then you go, okay, when you're in this situation, um, maybe they're peaking, the athlete is peaking there in the postseason, they're going to play in a state championship game in high school, or they're going to play the Big Ten tournament, whatever. 
then you go to to like partial range of motion movements okay. because it's more sports specific and it's also easy to recover and it's a lighter load. Um, that's how I would. That's how I think through the whole process gotcha. as far as like when people so make that. You're that. saying then full range of motion, excellent. Yeah. But I also hear like, yo, there's a reason for limited range of motion. So like me, I'm, I like playing video games right now. The quarantine taught me to play video games again. Get yeah. Back in love with my 12 year old self. Yeah. Um. So I play this one game, Hyperlight Drifter, and like I will try to beat it as fast as I can. And my time's getting respectable, but every now and then I'm like, I don't have that much time. So instead of going through the whole game, I do the boss rush mode. Yeah. So I only have to fight the eight bosses in it. And I feel like when I play the whole game, that's my full range of motion through the game. But every now and then it calls for like partial range of motion. I gotta go motion. boss mode. So I go boss mode. So yeah. like when is it okay to go boss mode, if you will? Like, when is it okay to say, yo, I don't really need you squatting that deep. Like, hey, we can do, I don't know, 24-inch box squat, or like to a 20-inch box, yeah. which is pretty high. Yeah, I'd say 18, but but let's, I mean, and I would do more, probably more single leg stuff uh, to cut off the range of motion. That's what I would typically do. Uh, but I think in the beginning of the season is important because they're 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 getting a new stimulus uh, they're doing more volume on the field than they have done all year. So backing out in the weight room at that point is important. So that's where I would go partial. So when we're talking about uh, when to do or when to back off from the full range of motion stuff, I would say beginning of the season because we're bringing a lot of volume onto the field. Okay. Uh, so they're doing a lot of field work. That's going to beat them up. They're going to get tired, fatigued from that. Um, and then as they adapt to that, you slowly increase the range of motion in the weight room through the season. But ideally, they're having a really good season, and then they have to peak postseason-wise. And then you can back off that full range of motion. You cut a day or two in the weight room, and now they get really, really honed in with their skill. Um, and they start to feel really good physically. So it's, I think it's, it's recognizing as a strength coach. And, and like being from a weightlifting background, I have so many friends that'll be like oh no we gotta go ask the grass year-round and it's like dude if you're gonna train athletes you don't have to do that all the time and, right and there's a benefit from doing just power cleans or, or two box power cleans you know even shorter range of motion or you know single leg squats to a pad or doing uh box squats or 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 partial range of motion deadlifts or whatever i don't know if i would say that's a great thing but you, you hate deadlifts yeah i do you? i was thinking like trap bar deads or something you only like deadlifts for yourself yeah, that's accurate. You essentially, any athlete, you, They're like, stupid. it doesn't exist. Yeah, no, it's zero. Yeah. I would say 99.9% .9 yeah, of the time. It's rare and if ever. Except for like RDLs, but, but yeah. like traditional deadlift. Yes, yeah, so you do, there is accessories. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that answers that question. No, I think it does. Like, hey, we got to go full range, make it happen. This is the reasons why. Yeah, yeah. All right why we're gonna go you know cut it back a little bit other reasons why like it makes sense at least yeah me convinced now i have this other question though so like i'm relatively mobile like i had a, a phase in my life where i went and did hot yoga on a friday like just you know step on the scale feel wonderful about yourself afterwards yeah because it's like 10 pounds of water weight just gone yeah instantly um and i'm pretty mobile but i've also seen some people squat and not nearly as mobile, but I, I think what they're doing may constitute like their ass to grass. And like I think of like yeah. Sam okay. versus like Taman. Yeah. So Taman's squat is not as deep as Sam's. Mm -hmm. 
but that's still a full range of motion squat for him as an yeah. athlete. Yeah. How do you, is that something that I think needs, you've, okay. you, you've got to be aware of the, the way it appears, um, is going to be determined by limb length. So, and torso length. Okay. So Taman's torso is actually relatively long. It's not really long, but it's longer. Uh, and he has shorter legs. Um, and he also has really stiff ankles. So he tends to be stiffer makeup. Sam is much more of like an elastic makeup, which is partially why he's so good at discus. Um, but Sam has a little bit longer legs. They're not really, really long, but they're longer legs, and he has mobile ankles. Taman doesn't have overly mobile ankles, but shorter legs. So like a shorter leg lifter might not look as deep as a longer limb lifter. A longer leg lifter looks like they can, I mean, most of them can touch the butt to the floor. Yeah. You know, possibly get close. Um, whereas, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, where, whereas a shorter leg lifter, that's not gonna happen. Their, their range of motion looks like it's stopping like a foot from the bottom. Uh, from the floor. So I think it's it's being aware of that and you want to push the range of motion a little bit on the shorter limb lifters, especially if they have ankle mobility or lower back problems because they tend to do that because they are shorter leg lifters. They, te they typically do have back problems because they're not as good of pullers. Um, so it's being aware of that okay. and, and understanding where that comes in. Now, we keep talking about squatting as like this is the only exercise where, where you can do a full range of motion, but that's not the case, right? Right. Like, I can do a pull-up and never like go to a dead hang. Yeah. I can bench press to a block. Like, there's other ways to do limited range of motion. And I guess my question to that is like, why do that? Or should you always do the full range of motion too? Or do the same concepts apply? That's a good question because I think you know, Joel Seidman talks about this a lot, and I, I tend to disagree. I, dude, I struggle to not see, I struggle to see doing, unless you are having a beginner athlete who's just learning how to do a pull-up, I really struggle to see not doing full range of motion pull-ups. I, I really do. Okay. Uh, now, some people will benefit from doing partials, and then like a really, like, they just are learning to do a pull-up. They do five partials like this, and then they do one full, really long, slow eccentric, and then that helps them learn how when to do it. When you're saying like young, are you talking like six-year-old kids, eight-year-old kids trying yeah. to teach yeah. them how to do it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, eight to ten years old, something in that age group. But when I think about pull-ups, dude, I think the most partial range of motion pull that we would do is going to be a rope climb or a sled pull. Okay. And even, and even sometimes with that, you're going to be lengthening but a, a lot. A, a rope climb, usually when you see someone do it who's good at it it's a lot of isometric yeah it's more like yeah. boom, boom. it's more just like a little bit of, of shoulder movement the the elbow joint barely changes yeah you know, it, and it, it is it looks definitely almost more like a pegboard yeah percent. yeah i would say so like that would be about it but i, I don't really like doing stuff like that with pull-ups you know and, and the same gotcha. with, with bench press like we'll do one and a quarter benches uh i don't mind doing banded dumbbell bench and that might shorten your range of motion a little bit but for me it's always been lengthening is strengthening is always my go-to phrase and i i still believe that to this day uh with our training um so i i i, I like 
I don't mind floor bench if you have somebody who, pro who has struggles with a with a lockout. And I would say some some of that would be where I would start to play around with sticking points. Um, and like Anthony Dottillo has books, okay. his books, we're using like power racks yeah, yeah, and, no, and stuff like that. that. I think that's okay if you have different sticking points in the squat or in in the actual uh, bench. I guess you could possibly say the same for pulse, but it's such a slow twitch area your lats are that I just I don't think it would respond as could well. It's the not limited smart. range have application for like other sports. So like I'm thinking like something like wrestling. Okay. So that I was just thinking about this with wrestling. Say you're doing a pull-up on a ball. Yeah. Okay? So you're here. You're going to have a limited range of motion to where you hit. So your range of motion might just be here. Okay. But that's going to be similar to that collar tie. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like so, I'm in this position and I have to yeah. go or something like that. So I would I would go that way. Uh, but But it still is like I, I still just struggle... I, 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 that's that's applicable for sure, and, I, and and even if we're talking about curls, there's points to shorter range of motion curls for a heavier weight. If I'm doing into a isometric into a power rack, um, I think it comes back to those those areas. And shortening the range of motion is going to be more related to sticking points or more related to optimizing recruitment. So if you have somebody who's a slower twitch athlete, we've got to work through those different points to try and enhance uh, the way that they fire. Okay. I have, a, I have a silly question. And I feel like, what is the negative to these full ranges of motion? Like, what is actually, what, what's it going to harm? To a full range of motion? Yeah. I mean, I, I, dude, that's where I struggle. Like, I... It's, it's not, so people say full range of motion, knee problems. And that's been debunked quite a bit. Yeah. And they'll say full bench. My personal anecdote, my knees hurt more my when knees, I try to yeah, stop. Yeah, my knees kill me. Yes. Like, just let me go all the way down. Yeah. Like, oh, that feels yeah. wonderful. Yeah, my knees kill me if I do a partial. Yeah. Um, partial, dude, my elbows have always hurt when I do partial benches. Okay. I think lats, you wouldn't have a problem with pull-ups being partial. Curls, you could get a little bit tight in the elbow, uh, especially like in your brachioradialis, I think. From a full range of motion, I think in most cases, especially if we're talking about bodybuilders, bodybuilders train really, really <coughs> long ranges all the time. The stuff that kills bodybuilders, I mean, sadly, the stuff that kills bodybuilders <laughs> is, is like hard performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. It's not full range of motion. The stuff that hurts weightlifters is not the full range of motion. It's the chronic use. It's a very unforgiving sport. Yeah, like, just over and over again. You have to be precise with your movement, so it's going to be chronic. So that's what's killing it. It's not the full, that's what's hurting them. It's, it's not the, like the water torture, right? Just the yeah, slow it's, drip, exa just it's exactly over that. and over and, again. So people say, oh, well, some weightlifters have knee problems. Dude, train like a weightlifter for six days. You'll that, die. That was one of the... Funniest things I, I'd always see with, um, I've never dealt with like elite level CrossFitters, but like sort of like CrossFitters were trying to be a little bit better at what they do. Yeah. And you'd give them like a weightlifter thing and like handle in like three days. Two They're days. ruined. Yeah. They, yeah. And it, it was amazing to see like these people who can handle such high volume not be able to recover from like 
because it's the same thing. Years. It's yeah. the same thing. It's it's the exact same movement over and over. So they're they're very good at recovering. You know, their arms can recover one day. Their their yeah. cardio cardio can help them recover. So I think, I don't know. To go back to your original question, I I I struggle. You know, if you see if you have somebody that has mobility issues in certain ranges, there might that might lead to like uh, a problem uh, where something might you know something might be inhibited pretty quickly okay i think that would be the the only issue Man, i'm just trying to like i'm trying to think like well if my joints can move through a larger range of motion that's better right yeah like i don't want to be this like super stiff like you, you see like an old person like arth- arthritis right like yeah, you they get that. stiff and yeah. like that's not good that's seen as like ill if you will right and it's not saying you can't function but like it's not optimal right and it's like, so if I can do the full range of motion, that, to me, that's better. Like, why would I limit myself? It's like... I, I think that's the case. I think, I think that's the lesson, the overarching lesson to this entire podcast is uh. going to be embrace technology to a point. <laughs> Don't obsess over your Fitbit too much, but when you do full Tell range of motion... Devices. Yeah. When we're doing full range of motion movements, realize that partial ranges are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't listen too much to your technology, your Instagram device telling you that partial range of motion in isometric, eccentric actions, like Joel Seaman says, is what you have to do because it's not the case. The um, boss rush is okay. The boss rush is okay to a point, but ultimately, uh, full range of motion will enhance joint integrity and yeah. lead to greater carryover to Stability. sports. Mobility. Sports, yeah. All right. Until next time, stay tuned to episode eight. Don't forget, like, subscribe, comment down below with any questions. We'll answer some of your quest. We'll answer some of your questions directly when you comment down below. All I think of now is toothpaste on a, a question mark for questions. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, peace. <laughs>